It's a privilege to be with you tonight. Thank you for the opportunity. And praise the Lord for the opportunity already to worship the Lord. Let's take our Bibles back to Romans chapter 10 this evening. Romans chapter 10. As we look at the chapter 10, we'll read together in verse 3 and 4. And then we'll pray and ask God's blessing now as we look into His Word this evening. Romans chapter 10, looking in verse 3 and 4. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Let us pray. Father, we thank You and praise You that Thou art indeed Almighty God and everlasting Father. And Father, Thou art from everlasting to everlasting. We praise You for that. We praise You that Thou hast given us this opportunity and time to worship Thee. We think of the angels of heaven adore Thee and, and praise Thee. We think of Thy creation who declares Thy glory. Father, please tonight may we be found those who Give Thee the praise that You rightly deserve. In this time, Father, of looking in Thy Word, I pray that You deal with every heart, every child, every teenager, every man or woman. Lord, I pray, please, that Thy Holy Ghost would come and convict of sin. I pray, Father, Thy Holy Ghost would come and stir the believer tonight, that we would not walk out of this building the same, but something from Thy Word would stick with us and change us, please. Please enable me as I am not able to speak as I ought to, but I thank you that we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Please, Father, for thy name's sake, guide and direct. In Jesus' name, amen. As we come to this portion of Scripture, it's no doubt a familiar portion that we would uh, easily identify and go straight to verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And what a wonderful promise and reminder for us. But as we're looking at this passage, I couldn't help but as we go from the very beginning, Paul, of course, is, is explaining some key doctrines in Romans. And he, he starts out in verse 1 of chapter 10, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And we see the heart of Paul straight away. His desire was that people would know the Savior. It's not, not just evidenced by His words that we find, but it's evidenced in His actions, isn't it? We come and he see, we see Him, He says, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And tonight, by God's help, uh, simply uh, we'll be looking at man's fatal attempt to reach God's perfection. We see in verse 4 that the summary of what Christ has done, this wonderful truth, this amazing thought. In verse 4, Christ is the end of the law. Christ is the end of the law. Oftentimes we would refer back to Exodus 20, of course, the Ten Commandments. And we find that God spake all these words in verse 2. He says, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. 
the children of Israel rightfully should be giving God his, his reverence, his obedience. In this passage, we see that he's the very one who brought them out of bondage. And so too in our lives tonight, as we think about God's standard, all of us, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of us have been brought out of that same bondage, haven't we? And as God speaks, he's, He didn't, oftentimes people come to the law of God and they say, well, and if you maybe you speak to someone on the street or door to door, they say, well, the Bible is just a list of rules, a list of do's and don'ts. And oftentimes, even as Christians, when we approach this, we think, well, I'm not sure, so sure about this. Lord, why, why did you say it just like this? But as we even we look in Exodus chapter 20, we see that God gave the law so that Israel would truly know what it meant to live. God was giving them the law so they would not defile themselves like the rest of the nations, that they would not carry on the, the, the practices that they would have seen in Egypt, that as they would go to Canaan, they would not carry on uh, the idolatry that they would learn from other nations. As we continue in Leviticus chapter 18 and verses 1 through 4, we see as the Lord is, is as Moses is speaking through um, the power of the Holy Ghost, no doubt, we see he says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, in verse 1, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Ye shall do my judgments, and keep my ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. We see the beauty of, of God's purpose for the law was that they would truly know His way. They would know the right way. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, we continue on in verses 11 through 14. For this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. Is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? The word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and thy heart, that thou mayest do it. He says, This is not the laws, it's something that was for them to preserve them. So they could live, truly know what living was. They would not defile themselves and corrupt themselves in sin. Well, we see often in, in Israel's testimony that that's, they did exactly what they weren't meant to do. God gave them the law, but yet they would stray so quickly, wouldn't they? They could never keep this law. God gave it. God gave the standard. God gave the right way. And yet we find time and time again, it's not long after we see the record of the children of Israel that they're quickly going off, aren't they? They're going in idolatry. They're quickly complaining against God. And what a picture of our own hearts tonight. Just as they were flesh and blood, yes, chosen of God as His people, but yet quick to stray. In Romans, we find that Paul is giving... What a, a wonderful thing. He's giving a word to a people who no doubt recognize that they were not able to meet the law. 
And oftentimes, I think we, we go quick to say, well, I know I can't keep the law. And, and many people today are very prideful, uh, very proud that they can't keep the law, right? They, they would be quick to admit that they are sinners and glad about it. But we see from this passage that as we go here, we see the Israel. Paul says in verse 2, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. Well, many people are trying to, although they may admit quickly they're sinners, yet in their lives they're still trying to prove that they're good people, aren't they? Oftentimes we, we meet people like that, and genuinely they're maybe hardworking, intelligent, lovely, moral citizens, but yet we see that the same thing that Israel was guilty of is what we are guilty of as well. Notice, first of all, there in their man's attempt to save himself, first of all, he had a zeal for God. He had a zeal for God. We know that Israel had a zeal for God, didn't they? If there was anyone who was zealous after God, it was Israel. Following the commandments, doing the rituals, the traditions. But in fact, they became so zealous that they left the law, in a sense, and began practicing tradition. By the time we get to the Pharisees in the New Testament, these are men who had gone far even beyond the law and were really just a show of the flesh. They were zealous after God. And maybe that describes you here tonight. Maybe you would say that I'm, maybe you're seeking God tonight. All of us in the deepest part of us, no doubt, are seeking our Creator. We're built as worshipers, the knowledge of God written in our hearts. But are you just one who Maybe you know a lot about God. Maybe you've attended church for years. Maybe you're a child in here tonight and you've been to Sunday school ever since you were born. You're zealous for God. But yet you cannot meet the requirements of the law. What else are they? Well, we say they're zealous, but notice they're trying to establish their own righteousness. Verse 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. We find, again, many in our society today who are trying to establish their own righteousness. Maybe they don't even care about the things of God, but in, in the light of all the others, of, of their co colleagues or their family, they are trying to impress and make sure everybody knows that they are doing well. Establishing their own righteousness. And even tonight, in this very room, there may be those tonight who are working and, and serving, trying to do their best to build their own righteousness. In a sense, to meet the law, to meet the demands of the law. What about you tonight? Does the word that was spoken to Israel describe you? You have a zeal for God? A zeal for maybe meetings? A zeal for... Christian service, a zeal for uh, things, a reading, maybe Christian literature, but yet you don't know God Himself. Notice these were so zealous that they were working to build their own righteousness, yet ignorant of God's righteousness. Notice with me, please, as we continue, it says their own righteousness, having not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. This is the heart of the matter, isn't it? When we come to it, 
When we come to the law, all of us quickly should realize that there's no possible way that we can keep it. Uh, many of us, as we would read, maybe through the Ten Commandments, oftentimes it's used in evangelism. We say, well, if, have you ever taken God's name in vain? Well, have you ever stolen? Have you ever, uh, have you ever lusted? Have, have you ever, uh, you know, hated somebody? We go through those quickly, but we all quickly recognize that our righteousness, there's no way we're going to exceed the righteousness of the law. But yet we see quickly these who maybe recognize that they aren't righteous, but are seeking to build their own righteousness and do it some other way than God's way. They're trying to please God some other way than His way. Is that you tonight? Are you seeking to be a, a good husband, a good wife? Maybe a good son or daughter tonight? Are you one who is seeking to be a, a godly colleague, a good colleague? But yet you have not submitted yourself unto the righteousness of God. We see the, the manifestation of the righteousness of God in the next verse. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. The law started with Moses, but it ends, it finishes with Jesus Christ. You say, why, did, why was the law given? Why did God give the law? The law was given to lead us to Christ. To lead us to the very one, the only one who could meet its conditions. God gave it. God in flesh came and fulfilled it. As you remember, the Pharisees themselves, of course, dressed very elaborately. Uh, men who, no doubt, very intelligent. Had studied their entire lives to know the law. Yet they were seen the farthest from the kingdom of heaven. They were building their own righteousness. I think of the, even the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3, verse 36. He says he was blameless concerning the law. He was blameless in, in man's sight. He was blameless. There was nobody else as good as him. Yet, he was not looking to Christ, this one who fulfilled the law. Matthew 5.17, Christ said, I didn't come to destroy the law, I came to fulfill it. Well, many people will quickly run and say, well, that's it, we don't have to obey uh, anything, we can just go live how we want to live. No, Christ came and said, look to me, I'm the only one who can keep the law. Who are you looking to tonight? Are you looking to yourself? Are you looking to your, your own flesh? Are you looking to your own strength? Your own activities for God? Are you looking to Christ, the end of the law, the one who meets all the standards tonight? The law does nothing else but really reveal sin and pronounce condemnation upon us. It shows us very quickly that we are not able. Have you submitted yourself to the righteousness of God tonight? Do you see that Christ Himself is able, the only one, have you submitted yourself to His righteousness tonight? See, many say, well, 
if I give my life to Christ, He's the end of the law. What, what does that mean for me? Well, Christ comes and He gives us His righteousness. When we could never meet it, He places His righteousness on our account. He takes our filthy rags and replaces them for robes of righteousness. Isn't it interesting how often we still cling to those robes, those filthy rags? We cling to our own, our own efforts. Mankind, we see churches, denominations all over this world clinging to their filthy rags when Christ offers them the robes of righteousness. Christ, the end of the law. And I plead with you tonight, if you're looking to yourself, if you're looking to a church, if you're looking to uh, any, maybe you're looking to a man, a pastor, another Christian, I plead with you to look to the Lord Jesus tonight. Notice as we continue on, we see Moses describeth in verse 5, the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them, but the righteousness which is of faith. Speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. He's saying, no, you can't reach it. Uh, mankind, stop trying to get to heaven on your own merits. Stop, uh, stop trying to go and pay for your own sin debt as to bring Christ out of the grave. He says, or who, uh, but in verse 8, what saith it? The word is nigh thee in thy mouth, in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How do we get this righteousness? How do we get this righteousness that we can't earn, that we don't have naturally? It's not in our nature. We look in faith to the one who's fulfilled the law. If thou shalt confess. Notice the word confess in verse 9 and the word believe. Those always go together. Maybe you'll meet someone who says, well, I believe. I believe. But they're not willing to confess the name of Christ. Maybe find somebody who's quick to claim the name of Christ, but you can see there's no faith. There's no true trust. Notice he goes on, verse 10, with a heart man believeth unto righteousness. Man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Verse 11, for the Scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him, shall not be ashamed. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, well, how, how, do, I, how do I come to Christ? Well, here's your invitation tonight. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here tonight and you recognize that you quickly fall below God's standard, you quickly cannot meet the law. That your zealousness for God is not going to get you any closer to Him. That your building upon your righteousness is not going to get you any closer. You need Him. You come in faith. You come to the One who is righteous. You say, and He says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you called upon the name of the Lord tonight? Is that your testimony tonight? That you recognized by the Spirit of God's conviction on your heart that you were lost and you needed Christ and you said, Lord, save me. Lord, cleanse me. 
Lord, I recognize that I can only offer you filthy rags. I have nothing to give you. And in your mercy and your grace, you offer me robes of righteousness. With the heart, man believeth. With the mouth, he confesses. I'm reminded in the Gospels of those who would come to Jesus. We remember the rich, rich young ruler. Remember his story? He was very proud of himself as he came and he approached Jesus and he said, I'm going to follow you. I'm coming with you. I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of your, your band of disciples. He said, I've kept all the law. I've done everything. And Christ said, yet you lack the greatest thing. Go sell all that you have. Come follow me. Deny yourself. Follow me. Deny your kingdom, your righteousnesses that are as filthy rags and come follow me. And the man wept. wept. He, he went away because he, was, he had many possessions, the Word of God says. I'm reminded of others and we think of those who came and they came to the Lord for healing. Oh, and I'm, it's so refreshing to read in the Word of God when those who recognize their helplessness physically they came to Christ. I remember reading the woman with the infirmity. She came, she had spent all of her money on the doctors trying to be healed. And finally she heard that Christ was coming. And what did she do? She said, if I could just but touch the hem of His heart, garment, I shall be clean. That's the way that we approach Christ. We say, He's the one with the righteousness. He's the one that has the power to save me. I'm coming to Him. I'm calling upon His name tonight. And we approach Him with that same faith, that same belief in saying, I shall be whole. How are you approaching the Lord tonight? Are you coming and saying, well, I still think I'm a pretty good person. I, I still think that you know I'll get there one way or another. No. Christ is the end of the law. You come to Him tonight. The man who came to Jesus with a son who had died, he said, come, and he shall live. My son shall live again. All of us dead in our trespasses and sins, we come to the Savior tonight saying, I recognize I am dead in my trespasses and sins, and I need the life of God to live in me. Christ. Christ, the One who's done all these things. Mr. Spurgeon said, see what Christ did and perceive it to be a great deal better than anything you can do. A great deal better. Are you willing to come to Him tonight? His offer is for you tonight. He says, come. He says, whosoever. He says, the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. And what a wonderful invitation. What an amazing invitation tonight. No matter who you are, no matter what age you are tonight, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come to Him tonight. Don't delay. He says, I've fulfilled the law. Stop trying to be zealous. Stop trying to build your own righteousness. Come to Me. I've fulfilled it. I've purchased it my own blood. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank You and praise You for Christ Jesus.
come in His name alone, bringing nothing, Father, as Thou knowest. We come glorying in the Lord Jesus Christ, the just who died for the unjust, that He might bring us to Thee. We thank You, Father, for the great High Priest, Jesus Christ, who ever liveth to make intercession for us even now. We can come, Lord, I pray that there'd be those here tonight who would call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. We pray this for thy glory in Jesus' name. Amen.